0: Such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report Freedom Report on this Memorial Day 2023. Today, we honor the fallen and pay our respects to our nation's heroes. Their sacrifices are never forgotten by those of us who care about America and all she has stood for, for our entire history. I particularly want to remember the 13 Marines killed in Afghanistan, abandoned by our own government, in the abrupt surrender and turnover of Afghanistan to our enemies. May all of our fallen over our history of the wars fought to defend liberty and justice for all. May all of our fallen rest in peace and may we always remember that this is what Memorial Day honors and remembers. Our fallen are never forgotten. Semper Fidelis or Semper Fi, as the Marines say. And this Memorial Day, we remember all of those people who have sacrificed their lives for our freedom. And our thoughts and prayers are with all of those who are grieving. May we, as Abraham Lincoln said at Gettysburg, quote, highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people, for the people, shall not perish from this earth. End quote. Please pause now for a moment of silence as we listen to taps in honor and memory of all who have fallen in the defense of America and the freedoms we all have enjoyed. the military bugle calls, none is so easily recognized or more apt to evoke emotion than taps. It is unique to the U.S. military as the call is sounded at funerals, wreath-laying ceremonies, and memorial services. PAPS was arranged in its present form by the Union Army Brigadier General Daniel Butterfield, a Medal of Honor recipient. Butterfield commanded the 3rd Brigade, 1st Division, 5th Army Corps, Army of the Potomac, while at Harrison's Landing, Virginia in July 1862. He wrote it to replace the customary firing of three rifle volleys at the end of burials during battle. Butterfield's bugler, Oliver Wilcox Norton of East Springfield, Pennsylvania, was the first to sound the new call, and shortly, TAPS was used by both Union and Confederate forces to honor their dead. Taps was officially recognized by the United States Army in 1874, and Captain John C. Tidball, West Point class of 1848, started the custom of playing taps at military funerals. It is a somber bugle call and a fitting tribute to all those who have fallen in defense of our nation. And now I'd like to share with you a quote from Ronald Reagan's Memorial Day speech during his presidency, accompanied by the Hillsdale Choir singing Mansions of the Lord. We are a nation
1: under God, and I believe God intended for us to be free. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or Stars of David. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Pork Chop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom.
0: As we look at all that's happening in America today, it's a far cry from the times in which Ronald Reagan spoke on Memorial Day. We literally, with each passing day, are watching our government enacting laws that harm American and and ignoring laws that govern our freedom and our way of life we are seeing criminals released on the streets we are seeing failure to follow the rule of law for the elites and yet persecuting conservative christians this is not the america that we've known and loved we're watching our government and the policies of this Department of Defense under this administration decimating our military with forced, coerced COVID shots that are causing death, disability, and destruction of our military. We are watching our government facilitate an invasion of illegals across our borders, giving them free stuff at the expense of working Americans. We are watching our government spend money, print money, causing inflation for all the rest of us, and spending money we do not have on wars and overseas programs to help our enemies that certainly have no bearing on the quality of life for Americans and in fact are breaking the backs of our hard-working Americans struggling to buy food and fuel and then we have the Obsessive focus on climate change as yet another aspect of totalitarian control of our lives in a dangerous effort to reduce carbon dioxide emissions to net zero when carbon dioxide is critical for life on this planet. Exhaled carbon dioxide from animals and plants is used, sorry, animals and people. Exhale carbon dioxide, which is the fuel that plants use to make oxygen to keep us alive. I get so angry about the ignoring of basic biology, I have a hard time speaking. I'm so outraged at what they are doing. And we are facing on our southern border, our own Department of Homeland Security busing people across the borders and building encampments for military-age males inside our borders and hiding it from the American people. We have millions of people massed at our borders that have also, over the last several years, under particularly the Biden administration, we've had perhaps as many as 12 million coming across the border, provided with food, housing, shelter, medical care, transportation, and phones at taxpayer expense. That money could obviously be better deployed to help the hundreds of thousands of homeless and hungry Americans right here. But along with the illegal aliens coming across our border, Our terrorist criminals and the deadly fentanyl that's been coming in from China, killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. We see actions being taken that are destroying the very pillars of liberty we hold dear freedom of religion, freedom of speech, the right to bear arms, the right to assemble with our families and friends. Our dictatorial president is now talking about sending billions of dollars to Iran, the leading sponsor of terrorism in the world. And he says he hopes that this will make Iran keep commitments. They have no intention of keeping any commitments to peace. Iran has sworn to kill us all as best they can. And we have to be concerned about EMPs being triggered by Iran and their military capability. Everywhere we turn, we see evidence of the U.S. Department of Defense, a bureaucratic political leadership of our military, not our good military servicemen and women, but our Department of Defense. It is a political rogue entity running bioweapons now in Ukraine based on the latest evidence. And that's being covered up by claims of sending our money to defend Ukraine. Actually, it is defending the illegal actions of U.S.-run Department of Defense-controlled bioweapons labs in Ukraine. No wonder Russia is concerned about U.S. activities on their border, jeopardizing their people. And we are watching as China flexes its military muscle in the South China Sea, threatening Taiwan while sending spy balloons over our country while our impotent traitorous president does nothing and waits until the Chinese president says, okay, you can shoot it down now. And I wonder with the silence from Congress, I wonder if the people we've elected to represent ourselves are even capable of doing so, or whether they too have been corrupted and bribed and bought off to sell out American interest. And then, as a physician, I look at Biden. Biden? Could he possibly have garnered 80 million votes campaigning from his basement when he couldn't even put together a coherent sentence? Or are we really witnessing the third term of Barack Hussein Obama making all of the decisions with Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett pulling the strings on Dementia Dementia Joe puppet Joe Biden, who struggles with every single sentence he tries to speak and can't even walk up the steps of Air Force One without stumbling. I've evaluated many dementia patients over my medical career. And let me tell you, I may not have evaluated him personally, but all you have to do is watch his behavior, his balance problems, his stumbling, his disorientation and confusion, his lack of memory, his lack of focus. He can't put together a coherent sentence without reading it. That, my friends, is a classic picture of someone with dementia. And I'm shocked and appalled in two short years, the actions of this supposed president have so damaged our nation and economy and strengthened those of our adversities. And then they turn around and dare to blame President Trump. There's a Latin term for this, and the word is reprehendere, to blame others for one's shortcomings. I have watched the Biden administration betrayal of America in the last two years, but I've watched Joe Biden's betrayal of America going back to his my early adult life when I was aware of his positions in Congress. And at the time of the Vietnam War, his policies were disastrous. Thank goodness we had other people in charge. Biden and his family have gotten rich by selling influence to our enemies' foreign powers like China, Russia, Ukraine, Iran, and others. There's just no other explanation for the treasonous policies that he continues to enact. Documented evidence just released recently has identified over 30 million dollars flowing to the biden family via multiple llc corporations set up for this purpose but of course our mainstream media refuses to publish any of it and be truthful with the american people the same way they covered up the hunter biden laptop story and interfered with the 2020 elections by covering up that story and let's look at a little bit of history consider these two quotations. The first is from Albert Einstein, who wrote, quote, the world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them, end quote. And then Edmund Burke also wrote, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to stand by and do nothing, end quote. Their thoughts and words were prescient. We are watching the slow, painful destruction of America, its principles and ideas, and all being sacrificed on the altar of Marxism-Communism with total tyrannical control by political entities and bureaucrats and control by the global elite power brokers and predators. Because. The rest of us are good and decent people. We refuse to believe it, much less do anything about it. And it's as if we are paralyzed like deer in headlights. It's not too late, but time is running out. In 1887, Alexander Tyler, a Scottish history professor at the University of Edinburgh, home of some of my own ancestors, had this to say about the fall of the Athenian Republic some 2,400 years prior. Quote, a democracy is always temporary in nature. It simply cannot exist as a permanent form of government. A democracy will continue to exist up until the time that voters discover they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates who promise the most benefits from the public treasury, with the result that every democracy will finally collapse over loose fiscal policy, which is always followed by dictatorship. The average age of the world's greatest civilizations from the beginning of history has been about 250 years. During those 250 years, these nations have always progressed through the following sequence. From bondage to spiritual faith. And in America, that was roughly 1776 through the 1830s. Then from spiritual faith to great courage. Here for us, that was the 1830s through about 1915, from courage to liberty, and we see that in the years in America from 1917 to 1945, from liberty to abundance. And in America, those were the years 1945, the post-war years, through about 1965 when we moved from abundance to complacency, and I watched it happen as a young adult. 1965 through 2000, America became more and more complacent. And in the last 23 years, we have moved from complacency to apathy. Beginning in 2020, with the COVID pandemic especially, we have moved from apathy to dependence and total government control and tyranny. In 2023, America, this is your decision point. Are we going to move from dependence to bondage and face a requiem for our beloved America? Or are we going to take back our freedom? and turn back to god repent of our sins and come together we face the unthinkable a requiem for america born 19 sorry born in 1776 with the declaration of independence died at 2023 at age 247 succumbing to the wounds we have inflicted over the last 60 to 70 years i pray for the f- sake of future generations but i know it is only we the people who can write this ship it also doesn't hurt to remember what took place in 2012 Professor Joseph Olson of Hamlin University of Law in St. Paul, Minnesota points out some interesting facts concerning the presidential election of Barack Hussein Obama versus Mitt Romney in 2012. The number of states won by Obama, 19. Romney, 129. Square miles of land won by Obama, 580,000 square miles. Won by Romney, 2,427,000 2,427,000 square miles. The population of the counties won by Obama, 127 million. Won by Romney, the population of counties was 143 million. The murder rate per 100,000 residents in counties won by Obama was at 13.2 the murder rate per 100,000 residents in counties won by Romney Romney was 2.1 professor Olson adds in aggregate the map of the territory Romney won was mostly the land owned by the tax-paying citizens of America Obama's territory mostly encompassed those citizens living in low-income tenements and living off various forms of government welfare, except, of course, the Hollywood elites and those living in luxurious style on the East and West Coastal areas, particularly New York, Boston, and Washington. Olson believes that the United States is now somewhere between the complacency and apathy phase of Professor Tyler's definition of democracy, with more than half of the patient's population now having reached the governmental dependency phase, I would say, America, that at this point, we've moved beyond apathy and with the COVID era, we've moved into the bondage phase. If Congress ever grants amnesty and citizenship and the right to vote, to the some 30 to 40 million who have entered this country illegally, then we can say goodbye to the USA in fewer than five years. In 2005, at a Washington, D.C. meeting dealing with issues of illegal immigration, attended by standing room only crowd of politicians, businessmen, city planners, and college professors, Victor Davis Hansen, a brilliant college professor and farmer talked about his book Mexifornia explaining how immigration both legal and the massive illegal flood was destroying the entire state of California he said it would soon march across the country until it destroyed all vestiges of the american dream and remember This was almost 20 years ago. We now see, since that time, escalated illegal flood across particularly our southern border during the eight years of the Obama administration from 2008 to 2016. And then followed by the skyrocketing flood of illegals being facilitated Into this country by our own government under the Biden administration, with Obama still in the background. America, this portends the destruction of our country. If we don't collectively come together and let this Memorial Day be a reminder, we preserve freedom and the integrity and sovereignty of our country by standing against tyranny by standing against lawlessness, and by standing for the rule of law. And we, the people, determine the outcome. This is Dr. Lee for America. We'll be right back with the second half of today's Memorial Day program. Check out our website at www.truthforhealth.org. Welcome back to the second half of our Memorial Day program. This is 2023 Memorial Day. It is a time for America to pause and remember those who have died defending our nation. But it's also a time to pause and take stock of our own role in preserving all that our fallen heroes fought to defend. Let's go back to the 2005 event in Washington, D.C. that I mentioned in the first half. And I'd like to share with you some material from the presentation by Colorado Governor Richard D. Lamb in office from 1975 to 1987. When he stood to give his speech, the audience was stunned by what he had to say. These are some of the key points, as he described eight methods for the destruction of the United States. He said, and these are quotes from his speech, if you believe that America is too smug, too self-satisfied, too rich to be destroyed, keep in mind it's not that hard to do. No nation in history has survived the ravages of time. Arnold Toynbee observed that all great civilizations rise and fall, and that an autopsy of history would show that all great nations actually commit suicide. Here is how they do it, Lamb said. First, to destroy America, turn America into a bilingual or multilingual and bicultural country. History shows that no nation can survive the tension, conflict, and antagonism of two or more competing languages and cultures. It is a blessing for an individual to be bilingual. However, it is a curse for society to be bilingual. The historical scholar Seymour Lipset put it this way, the histories of bilingual and bicultural societies that do not assimilate are histories of turmoil, tension, and tragedy. Canada, Belgium, Malaysia, Lebanon, all face crises of national existence in which minorities press for autonomy, if not independence. Pakistan and Cyprus have divided. Nigeria suppressed its ethnic rebellion. France faces difficulties with the Basque, the Bretons, the Corsicans, and Muslims. Lamb went on, second, to destroy America, Invent multiculturalism and encourage immigrants to maintain their own culture. Make it an article of belief that all cultures are equal, that there are no cultural differences. Make it an article of faith that the Black and Hispanic dropout rates are due solely to prejudice and discrimination by the majority. Every other explanation is out of bounds and considered racist. Third, we could make the United States a Hispanic Quebec without much effort. The key is to celebrate diversity rather than unity. As Benjamin Swartz said in The Atlantic Monthly, the apparent success of our own multi-ethnic and multicultural experiment might have been achieved not by tolerance, but by hegemony. Without the dominance that once dictated ethnocentricity and what it meant to be an American, we are left with only tolerance and pluralism to hold us together. Lamb said, I would encourage all immigrants to keep their own language and culture. If I wanted to destroy America, I would replace the melting pot metaphor with the salad bowl metaphor. It is important to ensure that we have various cultural subgroups living in America enforcing their differences rather than, as Americans, emphasizing their similarities. Seems to me that Teddy Roosevelt had some opinions on this some 116 years ago. I'll quote his words at the end. Fourth, I would make our fastest growing demographic group the least educated. I would add a second underclass, unassimilated, undereducated, and antagonistic to our population. I would have this second underclass have a 50% dropout rate from high school and increase that. Fifth, to destroy America, get big foundations and businesses to give these efforts lots of money. I would invest in ethnic identity, and I would establish the cult of victimology. I would get all minorities to think that their lack of success was the fault of the majority. I would start a grievance industry blaming all minority failures on the majority. Finger pointing on steroids. Six, it is crucial to emphasize dual citizenship and promote divided loyalties. I would celebrate diversity over unity. I would would stress differences rather than similarities. Diverse people worldwide are mostly engaged in hating each other. That is, when they're not killing each other. A diverse, peaceful, or stable society is against most historical precepts. People undervalue the unity it takes to keep a nation together. Look at the ancient Greeks. The Greeks believed they belonged to the same race, they possessed a common language and literature, and they worshipped the same gods. All Greece took part in the Olympic Games. A common enemy, Persia, threatened their liberty. Yet all these bonds were not strong enough to overcome two factors, local patriotism and geographic conditions that nurtured political divisions. Greece. Fell. The notion of a pluribus unum out of one, sorry, out of many, one was cast aside. In that historical reality, if we emphasize the pluribus instead of the unum, we will balkanize America just as surely as Kosovo. Seventh, I would place all subjects off limits make it taboo to talk about anything against the cult of diversity. I would find a word similar to heretic in the 16th century that stopped discussion and paralyzed thinking. Words like racist or xenophobe halt discussion and debate. Having made America a bilingual, bicultural country, having established multiculturalism, having large foundations fund The doctrine of victimology, I would next make it impossible to enforce our immigration laws. I would develop a mantra that because immigration has been good for America, it must always be good. I would make every individual immigrant symmetric and ignore the cumulative impact of millions of them. End quote. In the last minute, of his speech. In 2005, Governor Lamb wiped his brow. Profound silence followed. Finally, he said, the eighth and last step, I would censor Victor Davis Hanson's book, Mexifornia. His book is dangerous. It explodes the plan to destroy America, unless you feel America deserves to be destroyed, don't read that book. End quote. There was no applause. A chilling fear quietly rose like an ominous cloud above every attendee at that conference. Every American in that room Knew that everything Lamb enumerated was proceeding methodically, quietly, darkly, yet pervasively across the United States. Remember, that was nearly 20 years ago, and all of this has escalated dramatically since that time. In 2005. In fact, it has been on a rocket launch in the three years under the COVID era. Discussion is being suppressed. Over a hundred languages are ripping the foundation of our educational system and our national cohesiveness. Barbaric cultures that practice female genital mutilation and transsexual gender surgeries on children are growing as we celebrate this cult of diversity. American jobs are vanishing into third world countries as corporations create a third world in America, with the homeless and illegals on our streets adding to the feel of a banana republic third world country. 30 million to 40 million illegals and growing fast. It is reminiscent of George Orwell's book, 1984. In that story, three slogans are engraved in the Ministry of Truth, War is Peace, Freedom is Slavery, and Ignorance is Strength. Governor Lamb walked back to his seat that night and it dawned on everyone at the conference that our nature, our nation, And the future of this great constitutional republic are deeply in trouble, and it has worsened in the last 20 years. If we don't get the immigration monster stopped, if we don't stop the lawlessness of this administration, everything that we care about in America will be destroyed. Nothing to counteract this is going to happen. If you, all of you listening, don't act as we the people to stand against this destruction. We have it in our power to reverse course and take control of our destiny. Will you stand by and do nothing? Or will you help be part of the solution? Remember all of those who fought and died in earlier wars, to preserve our freedom and our constitutional republic with our government of, by, and for the people, not the elites. Keep fighting. Keep speaking out. Do not remain silent in the face of evil. Keep the pressure on. We have too much to lose as a nation of good people across this country to let a group of elites think that they know better than we are. They are not better than we are. They do not know better than we do. They do not deserve to control our minds, our lives, our freedom. We must defeat the radical Marxist communist totalitarians that are taking over our country. And I want you to remember Theodore Roosevelt's ideas on immigrants and being an American that he wrote in 1907. In the first place, we should insist that if the immigrant who comes here in good faith becomes an American and assimilates himself to us, he shall be treated on an exact equality with everyone else, for it is an outrage to discriminate against any such man or woman because of creed, or birthplace or origin but this is predicated upon the person becoming in every facet an american and nothing but an american there can be no divided allegiance here any man who says he is an american but something else also isn't an american at all we have room for but one flag the american flag we have room For but one language, and that is the English language. And we have room for but one sole loyalty, and that is loyalty to the American people. Theodore Roosevelt, 1907. America, read it, heed it, and share it. This is critical. And I'd like to close before some of the music selections that I wanted to play for you on Memorial Day as inspiration and encouragement to stand strong against tyranny. I want to read you something written by Colonel Andy Omira, who served in the Vietnam War. And he shared this recently with an email thread that I am part of. The scripture is from the second book of Chronicles, verses 15 through 17, NIV. The spirit of the Lord spoke to the prophet of the Lord, Hazel, son of Zechariah. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all those living in Judea and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judea and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. But he did Say clearly in Scripture that the Lord calls us to go out and face them. In other words, take action. Don't sit and wait and do nothing. The Word of God is unchanging. And this is from Colonel O'Meara. Words spoken by God to His chosen people are not true for a day or a season, they are forever true. The words of Scripture are unchanging. If you believe the word of God, believe it is valid today as it was the day it was spoken to the prophet in the book of Chronicles. And here is Colonel O'Meara's own prophecy. Quote, we live in a world of unchanging climate. The climate is constant and the oceans are going nowhere, but elsewhere the world, the whole shebang is moving. We live in a time of changing people, warring nations, political change, shifting tectonic plates, earthquakes, mass formation, mass migrations, famines and plagues. The unchanging constants remain the climate and the word of God. This is God's fight. Stand firm, believe, act in faith and see the hand of God moving in our times. Joe Biden believes he is fundamentally changing America, which appears to be quite the case and very true. But we, the people, are not changing in ways that serve Joe Biden. Joe Biden is really destroying the Democratic Party. We, the people, need to stay constant to our values, keep faith with the soldiers in the ranks, keep faith with the Lord. Keep faith with your fellow Americans. Stand firm and act in faith. And in that, he says, the best is yet to come. So, America, as we close today, let me reiterate the words from Abraham Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people, shall not perish from the earth. And I'd like to close with the wonderful classic song by Lee Greenwood, God Bless the USA. In spite of all of the greed and corruption going on behind the scenes that steal our liberty our li- and risk our lives, let us come together this Memorial Day in the deep meaning of this classic song. Yes, they steal our money, our hard work, our food, and undermine our laws, but they can't take our spirit and they cannot take our freedom to choose our mental outlook in the face of adversity. For those belong to one greater than all the rest, our Lord God.
2: American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the man who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love. there ain't no doubt I love this land.
3: God bless the USA.
0: May God show his mercy on our nation and help us all to repent of our sins and turn back to him. And may God give us the strength to stand against evil, stand against tyranny, And may he continue to bless America once again.